Good morning. He has risen. We are here to celebrate this morning in this unique service to celebrate our risen King. And so this morning is going to look a bit different uh, for us. We're going to hear stories and testimony of life change. And then we're not going to be in 1 Peter this morning. We're going to be in Luke uh, 24. And so I really hope that this service will be a blessing and an encouragement to each and every single one of us as we remember that our sins are forgiven. Our Savior has defeated death itself. And so we can sing hallelujah and praise the Lord for all that he has done. On Good Friday, we heard some stories of life change. And this morning, we're going to hear some story of life change as well. And what you will have noticed is, is the personal nature of that life change. And we talked about that on, on Friday, this reality that Jesus loves me and that Jesus gave his life up for me. That is the confession of Paul in Galatians 2 verse 20. Jesus loves me and gave himself up for me. You notice in the scriptures, this message is so personal to them. And so we also find that in the resurrection. We hear testimony in the scripture again and again of how personal the resurrection of Jesus is to his people. And so it should be personal to us this morning and meaningful to us this morning. And one of the accounts that I love so much, and, and you guys know it, it's in John 20, where it talks about the resurrection of Jesus. And there was that guy, Thomas, remember how he said, there is no way I will believe unless I see the marks on his hands and the marks on his feet and, and the piercing in his side. There's no way I'm going to believe unless I can see it and unless I can touch it. And there they were in the locked room. And Jesus comes and Jesus appears to Thomas and he says, Thomas, look at my hands. Look at my side, touch it, see, stop doubting and believe. And here we find in Thomas's answer the personal nature of Jesus, the personal nature of the gospel, where in John 20, verse 28, Thomas answers the risen Jesus these words, my Lord. And my God. He says that to Jesus. My Lord. My God. Is he your Lord this morning? Is he your God this morning? Because if he is, we should celebrate. This should be a day of great celebration for each and every single one of us. Our Savior has risen and defeated death. And so I hope in this special service that we've arranged it for you uniquely, that it will be an opportunity for you to celebrate. And do, let, let's celebrate in the comments. I want you to prepare maybe with some verses that are meaningful to you in relation to the resurrection and share those out in the comments. And we'll talk about that after. Let's have this as a moment and as a time of celebration. 
And so as we begin our celebration this morning, we are going to begin with one song and then I'll come back after that song. This song is a a new song to us. I asked Andrew and Abby to record it for us because when it comes to the resurrection, oddly enough, we actually don't have that many songs specifically and fully dedicated to the resurrection that we sing. And so uh, they recorded a new one for us. It's called Christ, our hope in life and death. And I hope um, as they sing it, you can you can focus in on the words that are that are sung in this song and that you can enjoy it. And hopefully as a church, we can learn this song together as we go in the coming weeks. So let's sing Christ, our hope in life and death. When Christ is ours forevermore. 
Christ, our hope in life and death. And thank you to all the musicians for for pulling that together and and bringing us a new song. I hope over the coming weeks we can learn that song and sing that together. And hopefully soon we will be able to gather together. We're being told in in the news that that maybe it might be might be May, but but who knows? That's why I'm saying maybe it might be because we're not so sure. And uh, this morning, as I told you, we're going to hear personal testimony and we're just going to hear it from one person this morning. And that is our dear friend, uh, Jeddah. Um, I'm just so thankful for this brother and for his desire and passion for the Lord and uh, just his willingness to record this. Um, Jeddah's from Brazil. And so he spent much time trying to record this testimony from us. For us, um, English would be his second language, but so encouraged uh, to hear uh, what he had to say and just how how articulate he was in, in giving his testimony. And just so thankful for the Ahuda family. What a blessing they are to our church. Um, and we praise God for them each each day. And so I'm going to hand it over to Jeddah now to share his story and do uh, thank him for it. Because again, like I said on Friday, this is not an easy thing to do and record. Uh, so I'm just going to hand it over to Jeddah right now. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Uh, I hope you are well. Today, um, I would like to share with you my testimony. I grew up listening about the, the gospel and um, I knew about Jesus Christ but I didn't follow him. When I was 18, I decided to give uh, to Jesus my life. Um, it was uh, the best decision that I had ever made in my entire life. One year, one year after that, um, I moved uh, to Portugal. I went uh, uh, to Portugal. It was very difficult for me at the beginning. Uh, different people, um, different uh, food. Um, in that occasion, I was looking for a church uh, because uh, I knew that the church is a place where someone can find good uh, friendship uh, and brothers in Jesus Christ. I was adopted, adopted by a special family that uh, helped me a lot, and I still can, I, I still call her uh, mom. In Portugal, I feel so blessed and beloved uh, by Jesus. Why? Jesus gave me uh, a new opportunity, uh, opportunity to leave my country when I was born in Brazil. Um, in Portugal, I had a job in Portugal. I had good friends in Portugal. I had um, I, I could see the, the God's provision above my life in that occasion. Because um, I was alone there. <laughs> I was alone. But I was alone. But God gave me food, job, church, good friends, and 
God gave me a family. Two families. My wife's family is my family. God gave me a... I got married in Portugal. God gave me the opportunity to, to marry my wife, my special wife, and, and we together. We got two children, Laura and Pedro. But in this morning, I would like to share you, when I was 18, I would like to come back there. When I decided to follow Jesus, I remember that I was outside the church, looking and watching the sermon, and the pastor was uh, in the end of his sermon, and he asked um, if there was someone there would like to, to receive a prayer. In the end of the sermon, he was singing a song, and that song was, My friend, today you have choice. Life or death, what do you want? What's your decision? Tomorrow, can be too late. Today, Christ is calling you. And when I realized that, I was there, in front of the church, in front of the pastor, crying. And the pastor uh, prayed to me, and I feel very, very blessed by God. In, in this morning, I would like to finish my testimony asking you the same song that I heard when I was 18. My friend, today you have choice. Life or death, what you want. It's your choice, it's your decision, it's up to you. Life or death, what's your choice? God bless you, have a nice day. We praise the Lord for, for Jeddah's life and again we praise the Lord for the Ahuda family and how he has moved uh, in Jeddah's life and just for Jeddah's enthusiasm and love for the Lord. And, and, and I thank the Lord for how he saved Jeddah at 18. And, and through that message, you need to choose today between life and death. And this is your choice today. Between life and death, will you choose to trust in Jesus for eternal life or will there be death? And so that is that is your choice this morning, whether you turn to him by faith 
or not. And do, again, uh, say thank you to Jetta. And I do want to say a special thanks. I know Steve doesn't like me doing this, but a special thanks to Steve for putting um, all this stuff together in the service, bringing me in and out of, of live uh, stream and feed. It is a lot of work and, and for the work that was done on Friday night. And so I'm just so thankful for him. And so right now what we're going to do is we're going to have a reading from Steve. He's going to read uh, from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. And then we're going to sing, Come People of the Risen King. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and then Come People of the Risen King. And I will come back again uh, after that. So let's go to the reading now together. The reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 22. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive.
really love that chorus, rejoice, rejoice. And we have much to rejoice in this day, don't we? We can rejoice in our risen Lord. And, you know, I want to talk to the children just for a brief second. We have some very talented children here in our church, and we are so thankful for each and every one of you. And you children have been so, so patient throughout this lockdown, and we really wish we we could do more for you in, in this service, especially. And, and we've been trying to do as much as we can uh, during the week for you on, on Friday nights. And I just want to thank as well all um, the, the children's uh, workers who put so much effort into doing the Bible studies on Friday nights for the children. And I hope the children have enjoyed um, that time. And I just want to mention uh, some of the children because we have some very talented children in our church. The first I want to mention is Lara. We've just sang Rejoice, Rejoice. And Lara um, made, uh, after the service uh, last week, I had read at the very start of the service, I had read Psalm 118, verse 24. And Lara made this. Um, I hope you can see it uh, clearly. Lara made this. Uh, for us and it's just so so beautiful she colored it on canvas and it says this is the day that the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it psalm 118 verse 24 and i'm just so thankful for this because sometimes when you're talking on camera you don't really know if anybody is listening it kind of feels like you're on your own and to have had uh, one of the young people Listen to the very start of the service and draw this verse on her own accord. So beautiful. So well done, Lara, and do say well done to her. Uh, there's someone else very talented in our church. Her name is Aisley, and Aisley wrote her very first book. I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to plug this or not, but I don't really care. Um, I'm just so, uh, we're so proud of her. And uh, she's only in sixth class in primary school, and she wrote her own book. It's called storms sea monsters and scallywags and so you can get that on amazon there just one click uh, to buy that so so proud of our children in the church and how talented and gifted they are and we rejoice that we have them and they are with us um, at this time um we're going to have uh, the memory verse recited to us uh, about uh, rejoicing and Talitha has been asking for a few weeks now to do that so Talitha is going to share with us that memory verse this morning and then she's going to give us a little update as to how uh, she is doing we have been so thankful for your prayers um, during this this last couple of weeks for Talitha and so we're going to hand it over to her now uh, to share uh, the verse with you. Um. Good morning, everyone. Today I'm going to say the memory verse from 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I also want to tell you that I'm feeling much better, and thank you everyone for praying for me. Amen. Thank, thank you, Talitha, for, for sharing those verses. And I know um, they meant a lot to her. And, and your love uh, for us over the, the last few weeks has just been such a blessing to us. Um, some of you sending texts and calls and dropping things to the house and just, just caring for us in, in many ways. And so we just want to say thank you and thank you to the Lord. We're so thankful 
for our church family um, at this time and the support and care uh, that you have given to us. And so we are, we are thankful uh, for that and, and for all of our children. I want you to take your Bible and open it to Luke 24 and Luke 24. And let me pray. And we're just going to spend a brief time, much briefer than we usually do in the Word, but just to reflect on the resurrection of Jesus. And let me pray as you get your Bibles open to Luke 24. We'll start in verse 13 this morning. Luke 24. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for our children. We thank you for the joy that they bring us as a church and the gifts that you have given to each and every one of the children. I pray, Lord, that they might use those gifts for the glory of your name. Lord, we thank you for your resurrection, that you have risen from the grave, that the tomb is empty, that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And Lord, we pray this morning as we reflect briefly on your word in Luke 24, Lord, will you come in power and will you encourage your people this day to continue steadfast in perseverance and faith following after the Savior? Oh, Lord, we pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. As we consider Luke 24, what we hear about is these two men. These two men traveling on the road to nowhere. Yes, they were traveling to Emmaus, but Emmaus really was the road to nowhere. In fact, we don't even know where that place was for certain. We, we can't lay it out on a map for certain. What we do know is this. In the first few verses, we are told that it is seven miles away from Jerusalem. And these men, these two men, were walking this lonely path on this road to nowhere. Sad, depressed, and downcast at the news of the death of their Savior. And here they were, walking the road to nowhere. Maybe some of you feel that way this morning. You're walking the road to nowhere. That's what can happen in these days. Discouragement, sadness, depression, heartache. It feels like we're walking the road to nowhere. And all we need right now is just that little bit of encouragement, that little bit of hope. And this is what those two men on that road, they needed. That hope, that joy, that encouragement from the gospel, from their Savior, because they had lost all of it. And there, as they were walking on the road to nowhere, their Savior meets them. And you would think when their Savior, Jesus, meets them after dying and after being buried, you'd think that when he meets them, that that would bring them great joy. But no, they were still downcast. Do you know why they were still downcast? Listen to what it says in verse 16. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. This is the reason those two men were still downcast. They saw Jesus on the road, except their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Their eyes were shut to him and who he was. And all of us as Christians this morning will know that feeling that we once had when our eyes were closed to who Jesus was. Yes, we knew about him. Yes, we knew what he did. Yes, we knew he died on the cross. Yes, we knew he was buried. But our eyes were shut to the resurrected Jesus Christ. And so their eyes were closed that day, not because Jesus was in the skies, 
but because Jesus chose not to reveal himself to them yet. And what I love about this account is, is what Jesus does in this account. Jesus is the one who created everything. Jesus is the one who knows everything, and yet he pretends to know nothing. Listen to what he says to them. As they're discussing in the road, in verse 17, he says this to them. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you were holding with each other as you walked? And they stood still, looking sad. Jesus comes to them. He knows exactly what they are talking about. He is the one who has created everything. He is the one who knows everything. And yet he pretends to know nothing. And he says to them, what are you talking about? What are you discussing? And they stay sad and downcast. And one man, his name is Cleopas, he responds to Jesus. He says this in verse 18. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that happen these days? Like, how don't you know what has happened? Jesus has caused so much controversy. His death has caused so much upheaval. How couldn't you know? You must have your head in the sand. Have you been watching the news? How don't you know? And then what I love about Jesus is the one who created everything, the one who knows everything, pretends to know nothing. When in verse 19, he says, what things? <laughs> Haven't you heard all these things that has happened to Jesus in Jerusalem? And Jesus himself meets them and he says, well, what things? And so it begins, you begin to ask the question, why does the one who created everything and who knows everything and who knows our thoughts and who knows our conversations, why does he pretend to know nothing? Why? It's, it's kind of like this. When I was younger, I struggled with my maths. I struggled with my maths homework. I hated it. I wanted to finish that thing as quick as possible so I could go out and play soccer with my friends. And there was a parent of mine who will remain nameless. And, and he, he, was very, <laughs> he was very good at maths. Um, and he used to sit down uh, with me and, and help me with my maths. But you see, I used to get frustrated with that help, not because the help wasn't good. The help was very good. But you see, all I wanted was just the answer. Just give me the answer and let me go. But no, this maths teacher of mine didn't want to just give me the answer. No, there, there is a process. He wanted me to go step by step through the discovery and find the answer for myself, because that is what good teachers do. They lead you down this path, down this road of discovery, until you can find out the answer for yourself. That is what Jesus is doing with these two men. When he says to them, what are you talking about? What things are you talking about? Jesus wants them to come to the conclusion themselves and the answer themselves. Well, they speak back to him. And they give him the answer of what things because they think this guy is out of his mind or something. How doesn't he know what has happened? And so they explained to him in the second half of verse 19. And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And, and, 
and who had who are chief priests and rulers and delivered up and condemned to death and, and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things had happened. They explained to Jesus who Jesus was meant to be. And notice how they talk in the past tense. You know someone is sad when they talk in the past tense. Oh, I remember the old days. I remember the days when it used to be. I do remember them well. When you talk in the past tense, it is often an expression of sadness. And here it is for them. They say in verse 19, he was a prophet. He was mighty in word and deed. He was these things. Oh, how he used to speak so well and eloquently in the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, how he turned water into wine. Oh, how he was able to raise the dead. He was mighty indeed. He was a great prophet. And the amazing thing is you read this account, we're looking on saying, Oh, he certainly was, but he certainly is, because you're talking to him. That's the irony here. He was a prophet. And they also talk in that way in verse 21. We had hoped he would be the one who would deliver Israel. We had hoped, but that hope is gone. You see, when they saw him nailed to the cross, what they saw in him being nailed to the cross, what they thought they were seeing is this, not only Jesus being nailed to the cross, but their hope being nailed to the cross. But what they didn't realize is this, it was not their hope that was nailed to the cross, it was their sin that was nailed to the cross. It was not their Savior who was defeated at the cross, it was Satan who was defeated at the cross. So they have this great hope standing right in front of them and yet they cannot see it because their eyes are closed. They go on to say in the account, and, and I won't read it to you, but they go on to say in the account and explain of how, how, how the women went to the tomb and, and they walked out to the tomb and they saw this thing about the tomb that the, that the tomb was empty. And while the tomb was empty, these angels came to them in the vision. They said, he's alive. Why are you looking for the living? Why are you looking for the dead or living among the dead? He is alive. And that's what the angels say. And so they report these things to Jesus. And Jesus comes back to them and he says, how are you slow to believe? Did you not know that the Son of Man, that the Christ would suffer these things and go to glory? How could you not believe? This is why they were on the road to nowhere. Because they thought in his death, all hope was gone. And so a very intriguing thing happens in the conversation that Jesus has with them. Jesus does a very interesting thing. Verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. And he, Jesus, acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, for it is toward evening. 
and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. Do you notice what Jesus is doing there in verse 28? He acted as if he was going further. Why would the one who created everything and the one who knows everything pretend these things? Because he's helping his children with their maths homework. He wants them to figure it out for themselves. He knows he's going to stay with them. But he acts as though he's going a little bit further. Just to bring them to the place he wants them to be. And so they invite him to a meal. And you see what happens. In verse 30, when it says, When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Oh, how I love this scene. I know this account. I've read it again and again and again, but every time I read it, I love it. This beautiful moment where Jesus sits at the table with them. And I can picture the way Jesus is doing this with them. He sits at the table with them and he grabs the bread before them and he holds it out in front of them. And he breaks it almost like this. This is how I picture it. He breaks it like this. As if to say, do you get it now? And as they're watching on and seeing him break the bread, they know there's someone we know that breaks bread like he does. There's someone we know that breaks bread like that. And we're told of that in, in Luke chapter 9. Remember the five loaves and the two fish? And Jesus takes the loaves and he looks up to heaven and he blesses it and he breaks it. And he gives it to his disciples. And they give it out and they feed the 5,000. And all are satisfied. You see, there is only one person who breaks bread like that. Or then in, in Luke 22, when they were sitting at table, Jesus took the bread. He broke it. He gave thanks and he said, take this and eat and do this in remembrance of me. And everybody at the table that night didn't quite know what he was doing or what he meant. Now he sits before these two disciples, these two men on the road to nowhere. And he breaks the bread. And they say, it's him. It's him. And he vanishes before their eyes. Why? Because they've figured out the answer. They've learned the lesson. What are you talking about? What things are you talking about? Oh, I think I'll just go now and they bring him back in for a meal. No, no, let me break the bread. Do you get it now? And so the man whose eyes were shut are now open and they see the resurrected Christ. There are two things. 
that happened to these men when they see the resurrected Christ. And there are two things that I believe should happen to us when we see the resurrected Christ for who he truly is. The first is this. Your heart burns when you see the resurrected Christ. Your heart burns and leaps within you when you see the resurrected Christ for who he truly is. And this is what happened to those men that day. In verse 32, they say, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened to us the scriptures? Did not the hearts burn, our hearts burn within us? He opened up the scriptures and he explained them from Moses to the prophets and opened them all up and explained how the whole Old Testament pointed to him. And oh, how I'd have loved to have been there on that day to have heard from Jesus how the whole Old Testament pointed to him. And they say to themselves in the conversation after he vanished, oh yes, do you remember? He was teaching us and my heart was literally beating out of my chest. It was like it was on fire. Something was happening to me when he was talking. Yes, it's him. And that's what happens to every Christian. Oh my goodness, for 15 years of my life, I had seen the Bible. I was, I, I even read the Bible in, in church at, at times and yet I didn't get it. The words, they didn't mean anything to me. But the moment you believe and see Jesus is risen, there's something that happens within your heart. Your heart goes on fire to him. And usually you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't spend your Sunday morning sitting at a screen, listening to a a person talk for, for, for 40 minutes or whatever it is. But you see, once you see the risen Christ, your heart burns within you. Oh, that is what I hope for our small little church in Passage West. Oh, we may not make a dent in history. We may not go down in history. But I pray that our hearts would burn for Jesus. That our hearts would burn for his word. That our hearts would burn for the resurrected Christ when we see him. The second thing that happens... It's not only do your hearts burn, but your mouth, it speaks. Listen to what they do almost immediately after they see him and he vanishes before them. Verse 33. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying, The Lord has risen indeed. And has appeared to Simon. That very hour, they get up and they say, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to run back to Jerusalem. Forget going to nowhere. Who knows where this Emmaus place is? Let's go back to Jerusalem. And we're told at the beginning of the account in verse 13, it's seven miles. They will run whatever amount of distance it means for them to run just so they can speak about the risen Savior. And so they run back to tell this news. Except here's what happens. Have you ever been excited to tell someone some news, some great news that you know? And so you come to them and you say to them, listen, you never guess what I just heard. You'll never guess what I just heard. You'll never guess what I just saw. And you're about to tell them and they already know. Here's what happens to the lads. 
Imagine these two lads running back from the road to nowhere, running back seven miles. They get into the room. They're losing their breath. They come in to speak to the others, to the 11 and the other disciples. And they say to them, you'll never guess what we just saw. And then the guests in the room say to them already, Christ is risen indeed. (laughs) He's come already to us. He's come to Peter. We already know. You don't have to tell us the news. We already know. And so the account finishes in verse 35 by saying this. Then they told them what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. What you will notice in all of the Gospels is this. The moment people see the resurrected Christ, their mouth speaks. They can't contain it. It really is good news. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And and it's almost like in the Gospels, there is this race to tell people. I've seen him. The women, they go back and they want to tell people we've seen the empty tomb. Mary wants to go back and tell other disciples we've seen him. The other disciples want to go back and tell Thomas we've seen him. And Thomas wants to go out and tell the world we've seen him. And then Peter wants to go out and axe and tell all the world we've seen him. And Paul wants to go out and risk his life even to the point of death just to tell people they have seen him. This is what we will do. We will speak and tell people we have seen him. And that's what all our feeble efforts online are trying to do, is just tell people we have seen him. Or would you go and talk to your friends and family and tell them, we've seen him. I've seen him. Not physically, but I've seen him. And he's changed my life. Death is defeated. My sin will be no more. And I will spend eternity with him. Because Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. I want us to celebrate that this morning. As we come um, to a time of singing. And we are going to sing another relatively new song to us. And, and some of us will know it. It is called Christ is risen he is risen indeed and then we will have some time of reflection and just joy this morning together so let us sing christ is risen he's risen indeed
church will get to sing it more and more uh, together in the weeks and months ahead and hopefully we can gather together in May maybe and and see uh, we'll see what the what uh, lockdown restrictions hold for us I want to say a good morning to a few people on this resurrection morning and if you have verses please do share them with us we'd love to read them out and just say hello to you as well so please do feel free uh, to do that on this day and I hope that you will just enjoy uh, this time uh, together uh, just remembering Jesus maybe uh, with your family or maybe even on your own that you would take some time to read the scriptures I would I would if I were you take some time to read some of those resurrection passages go over and read Luke 24 today as as I reflected on that quickly there's much more that could be thought about and said go over and reflect on on John 20 and 21 and, and see the resurrected Christ and praise him and worship him this day and glorify him for who he is and what has done in your life and um, let me say a few hellos um, good morning to the Ahuda family uh, wonderful to have you uh, this morning and what a beautiful day it is listen if you're tuned in on a sunny day and a sunny morning like this that means you are committed to church so praise praise God for that and and well done for tuning in I know on a sunny morning it's it's probably tempting to go for a walk but but hallelujah we can we can gather here together like this uh, Steve says, good morning. Jesus is risen today and forever. Death could not hold him. Death could not contain our Savior or keep him. Um, good morning uh, to you, Marie. Wonderful to have you in. Uh, good morning, Dad. Wonderful to have you in as well. Uh, happy Easter, everyone. The Lord is risen. Hallelujah. What a faith we have. I was reading uh, just this morning um, an account someone had written. They said, 
Christianity should or should be centered completely on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our biggest celebration should be Easter Sunday. So much so that people look at Christians and they say, why are they doing that? We should be the most generous people and the most giving people on this day. We should have, well, we can't really have parties now on this day, but we should in the coming years and months be those who just celebrate and party and and, and rejoice in knowing what our Savior has done. And I hope in the future that we can do that. Oh, how I long for the day when we can have a bunch of people over to our house in the garden for a barbecue you are invited and we would love to just do that and celebrate we can't do that now but we will do that someday soon so um that would be a great joy valerie happy easter to you good morning uh, to you all oh no great to see you um on youtube thank you for tuning in i hope you've been blessed by the service uh, good morning all celebrate the risen lord amen Eliana says, good morning from YouTube. Good morning all. Happy Easter uh, from uh, Soraya. Marie says, wow, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us all today. And thank you, Jetta. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you for doing that. And the Keatings, thank you, Jetta. Uh, Jesus is faithful. And Soraya, thank you, um, Jetta. Um, Andrew says, happy resurrection day, my brothers and sisters. He is alive and because he is, we can face tomorrow and eternity. Hope that this world desperately needs but continually rejects it. Only by his grace that we believed and are saved. I am clinging to what Jesus said. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And that's the question for us this morning. He who believes in me, shall never die but always live. Do you believe this? Do you believe this this morning? Is this true for you? Can you say with Thomas, my Lord and my God? Can you say that about Jesus? If you can't, I would urge you this morning, where you are right now, ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Trust in him as the resurrected Savior and believe in him. Live your life for him. Doesn't matter again what age you are, whether you're seven or 70, you're called to trust in Jesus today for your hope and your faith in Jesus. What I loved about the three stories we heard over the weekend was how different they were. Danny saved at eight. Sariah saved later on in life. Jeddah saved at 18. Danny saved on a ship. Sariah saved in response to people inviting her in with church and coming alongside her. And Jeddah saved in, in church when someone called him, him over to believe either life or death. All these different stories, yet one and the same Savior. How personal and how meaningful to us. Praise the Lord. Eliana says, um, thank you, Jeddah. Um, Soraya says, well done, Talitha. Uh, Marie says, thank you, Talitha. That was so lovely. And Eliana says, thank you, Talitha. See you so well. Made my day happier. And we are so glad their recovery for Talitha after her surgery has gone so, so well on her legs. And she's just doing so well. The bubbly little girl that we have is, is smiling and doing really well. So praise the Lord uh, for that. Um, Rose 
says um, Christ is risen. Amen and hallelujah. And then we have a few watching in uh, from YouTube. Uh, the Warners say happy Easter, brothers and sisters from Jackie and Alan. Happy Easter to you guys. We miss you. I miss seeing people so much. Um, I love seeing your comments. Thank you so much. Again, sometimes it feels like I'm just speaking into the air here, but I'm just so thankful for your faithfulness and your perseverance in this time. And I just can't wait to see you. Um, so great to have you. Uh, Alan and Jackie. Brendan has tuned in on YouTube this morning, actually. He says, may the glory of his resurrection grip our hearts so we also, like those disciples, burst with joy of his life within us. Yes, may we burst with joy. There should be that sense. And I know there's times our, our Christianity, it ebbs and flows. Sometimes we feel like we're on the road to Emmaus, the road to nowhere. And then other times we feel like we're running back to Jerusalem just to tell everybody. Oh, my prayer for all of you has been at this time that your heart would burst, that your joy would come. That's been the prayer for myself. Lord, keep me on that road to Jerusalem, ready to tell the world about my Savior who lives. And may we burst with joy. Uh, Luana says on YouTube, hallelujah, he is risen indeed. What a wonderful service. Miss you, church. We miss you. We really, really miss you and we miss one another. We can't wait to gather together. And we are thankful that we can do it in this way. And I thank God for your perseverance. I'll close with the hymn that Brendan shares uh, from Charles Wesley. Uh, I love this. It says, vain the stone. The watch, the seal, Christ has burst the gates of hell. Death in vain forbids him rise. Christ has opened paradise. Amen. Christ Jesus, through his resurrection, has opened paradise for you today. Open your eyes. See him. And like the thief on the cross... No matter what you do. You see that thief on the cross? <laughs> Think about it. The thief on the cross never sang a song of him with his brothers or sisters. The thief on the cross never went to a prayer meeting. The thief on the cross never broke bread or shared the Lord's Supper. The thief on the cross didn't have fellowship or anything. The thief on the cross didn't go to a Bible study. The thief on the cross didn't listen to a sermon. And yet the thief on the cross could only do one thing that day. His belief. And Jesus said to him, that's enough. Today you will be with me in paradise. And Jesus says to you this morning, belief. And you too will be with me in paradise brothers and sisters remember this day christ is risen he is risen indeed hallelujah god bless you have a wonderful wonderful lord's day and we'll see you next sunday